Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Wednesday edition from 6th and Peabody in downtown Music City. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, both made on site here at the Outkick 360 studios with 6th and Peabody. Gentlemen, big show today. Former NFL running back for the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Stewart, is on the show. That's in about an hour and a half, roughly. Uh, he'll join us. Looking forward to that discussion. Uh, we'll talk college and pro football with him. We have primary complaint in 40 minutes and much more. A lot of college football and NFL talk headed your way. How's everyone doing? Hutton, I'm doing very well. I'm excited for today's show. I'm excited to talk with Jonathan Stewart. I'm excited about all this coaching news that's out there. Not just news, but speculation. We love speculation. There's speculation around the Oklahoma job. There's speculation around what might happen at Miami. Speculation abounds, and we can do speculation very well on the show. I'm excited about it's it. It's gotten too quiet for me. Yeah. We, need, we need news. No hiring in, uh, in, in a whole day. It's amazing. I, I don't know what to do with myself. We need another opening. You know, Notre Dame is available. Uh, it sounds like Marcus Freeman is meeting with Notre Dame today. Uh, hope they don't name him interim. Moving forward. Swar- Swarbrick said he's not naming an interim. I don't know how that's possible. Uh, because we're about to give a scenario where they're going to need one based on the college football playoff rankings. When I say that I'm addicted to the juice, I'm not talking about roids. <laughs> um, Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame would be a buzzkill at this point because I'm now addicted to the juice. Well, so, and the juice is Brian Kelly to LSU, Lincoln yeah. Riley to a USC. Domino. We need a domino. We need, need something else. We need an NFL coach no one is talking about going to Notre Dame. We need Herb going to Notre Dame. We need some, The juice has to keep going. And Oklahoma, what are, what are they going to do? I brought up the possibility yesterday. Mike Leach is in with some influential Oklahoma people. Could Mike Leach be the choice at Oklahoma? I, I need more juice. Elevating a defensive coordinator, and Marcus Freeman may be the right choice at Notre Dame, does not give me the juice I need at this point. Stick with Leach for a second, because we've talked about the idea that he is maybe ideal for a certain size program and that program not being the size of Oklahoma. Is it too big for, for Mike Leach? No. I, you know what I mean. Not, not that he couldn't, couldn't win there, couldn't work there, but like you get tired maybe it, of Mike Leach. To me, it's, it's not – people might get tired of Mike Leach, right? The people around the program. There aren't a lot fans, of pirates in Oklahoma. Boosters, not enough pirates – They may get tired of Mike Leach. I just don't think Mike Leach allows outside things to affect him with his personality. So it's not like he's going to get there and his personality isn't suited to lead Oklahoma. I think his coaching ability and personality is suited to lead any program or any team and be successful. 
and score a lot of points. The problem's on the flip side of that. It's with other people's tolerance for Mike Man. Leach. If things go south and they lose a game or two and he's waxing poetic about first dates in a press conference, Candy corn. does that rub the Oklahoma people a different way than Mississippi well, State or Washington State or Texas Tech? Maybe, but the guy has won at some of the most difficult jobs in the country. Look at what Texas Tech has done since he left. Yes. Not much. Washington State. I mean, go down. In year two, the guy's got Mississippi State having right. a great year. And Will Rogers putting up unbelievable stats as a quarterback. He started this whole offensive firepower explosion at Oklahoma when he was offensive coordinator there winning a national title. By the way, last time Oklahoma won it all was 2000. Josh Heupel was the quarterback, and Mike Leach was the offensive coordinator. I think, I know that for some reason, but maybe because he's 60 years old. Well, Brian Kelly's 60 years old. You know, you can hire a successful 60-year-old coach. I, I think Oklahoma should give it a look. Well, it doesn't, it, feel, it feels like one of two things. So the Lincoln-Riley to the US, USC was very quiet, right? It's been, they've been discussing that for weeks. Very quiet. Same thing with Brian Kelly to LSU, where uh, according to The Athletic, LSU reached out fairly early in their process, and Kelly said, thanks but no thanks. He's happy where he was. And then the $95 million contract came to Michigan State. And around that time, Brian Kelly reached out to Swarbrick and others and, and the, the school chancellor and said, hey, let's get together and chat, and he didn't get a response. This is all per the athletic. He, he didn't get the meeting that he requested. Well, guess who got interested in LSU again? Brian Kelly. He called them and said, on second thought. Yeah. Well, let's and, and so I, Oklahoma was not, it could not have expected Lincoln Riley to USC. At least that, even because there was no talk of it. Um, Notre Dame says they're not surprised. They have to be surprised. Have to be. Have to be surprised. So if, Oklahoma is doing one of two things right now. They're they're behind the scenes, being very good at keeping something big quiet, getting ready to surprise somebody else the way they were surprised. Because if, if it was just as easy, if it was as easy as just calling up for, former coordinators, that deal would be done by now, right? Probably. At least I feel yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, if if all the reports about Brent Venables being flown in to meet with. Right. Bob Stoops is true. They would have hired Brent Venables. Um, and that's what we want. That's what you're juicing for is another well, big surprise that's well, been the, kept so, quiet. The well, big surprise would be a Josh Heupel leaving Tennessee to go to Oklahoma or a Mike Leach, which I rolled out there also. That would be the big surprise. Uh, to me, there is either going to be this next shockwave of a hire that all of a sudden you know, a big name surfaces and we debate whether or not we could see that actually happening and then two hours later it happens. Which Similar to want. what happened with Brian Kelly. Which we want, because then there'll be another one after that. Or Bob Stoops is going to be their head coach. I think it's one of the two. If but, people but, want to know, by the way, why we sometimes don't follow just people who listen to the show or are fans of the show, let me give you an example of why we don't do that right now. Because someone that is a friend of the show <clears throat> that's on Twitter, this is probably no fault of this person, I'm not going to say the person's name because it's not a famous person, okay, okay. has retweeted... The fake account of an Oklahoma City TV person. Okay? The story from the fake account is that Lane Kiffin is Oklahoma's new coach. And I looked down as I do the whole time. Say again it was fake. It's fake. 
I look down and I'm thinking, okay, fake, 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 the fake, account fake. being retweeted right now, if I can find it again, Twitter comes at you fast, people. There's a lot of tweets being sent all the time. Is someone named Dean Blevins? Okay, okay. I click on it. Dean Blevins is with OKC KWTV. Okay, Dean Blevins Fine, tweets, Norman. breaking from Norman. Oklahoma's agreed in terms with Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin. He will become <laughs> the new head fake. coach for Oklahoma. Again, that's fake. The story is developing. This is a fake account. And I'm not going on here reporting this. I'm, I'm using this as a lesson that when people that you follow on Twitter are hesitant to follow you back, this is why. This is why I only tend to follow media members, famous people, information gatherers, because when I go to Twitter, I'm going for... It's a news feed. For news and solid opinion, okay? And you still well, get burned. I got burned. I, I, that, there's multiple people now, friends of mine I follow, that's retweeting this fake account. So that would be an example of the splash hire that I'm talking about, where it's real quiet, and all of a sudden it's announced. Or it's Bob Stoops, who's at the press conference whenever the, the, you know, the, the AD's taking questions from the media. Bob Stoops is sitting to his left at the Oklahoma press conference. Bob Stoops gets the call to go on the recruiting trail to save their recruiting class as best he can, leaves the golf course as he learns that Lincoln Riley's headed to USC and goes straight to campus. So either he gets the itch as he's hitting the recruiting trail and sells the program and, and decides, you know what, I'm, I'm coming well back. Rested. Or there's this mass. Because to me, again, if it were Brent Venables, that's, that's done. And, to, yeah, and that, that's yep. also... That's also like a you, – you look back and you say, okay, we can at least go get Brent Venables. That's no knock on the defensive coordinator. Right, but it's a but three, not a one. That's not an immediate hire that you make when Lincoln Riley bolts, right? Not, no. not with what's going on right now across college I mean, Unless you're just dead set on Brent Venables being the guy. Oh, and by the way, going back to Michigan State, the, the article that I was reading from The Athletic was in regards to whenever that happened and – that type of money was being thrown out at Michigan State for their head coach, all of the big ADs across the country, across the Power Five, should have picked up the phone or called a meeting with their current head coach to make sure everything was stable and in order and down the path they wanted to go. If your head coach requested a meeting, you take it. Otherwise, they're leaving because there's no non-compete. I mean, is They're going to take other meetings with, with, uh, I mean, what a, what a world, with the Oklahomas though. of the world. What a world. Like you, your head coach in most of these places, who all for all but four of them probably in America are not worth nine point five million on the market. Right, you have to call a meeting and say, "Hey, I saw that this guy's getting paid nine point five. You're not worth it. You may have only been here a year. You know, you may have only won eight games when we should have won ten. You haven't won a national title. You haven't been in a playoff. But are you happy because some other idiot school?" may pay you $9 million to go there, and I need to be the idiot that pays you $9 million to stay here. What an arms... The arms race in facilities to have a damn water park as part of your football facilities oh. has extended to coaches. That's all this is now. It is a flex from these schools. This is LSU just saying, look how cool we are. We are amazing because we can go and spend $9.5 million to hire away your coach. Whether or not it's the right move, whether or not it's going to work out in the long run, doesn't matter. We just showed all of America and all of college sports 
we are the badasses that can pay $9.5 million to hire away the Notre Dame coach. And now this is going to, and I agree with you, Hutton, it's going to cause this domino effect of AD saying, am I paying enough? Is my guy insulted because he's only making $5 million a year? Well, if, if Do I need to go back and renegotiate? How should I handle this? Even if they don't get a raise, they're going to get something in facilities done. And that was the thing that he wanted at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. He wanted an upgrade on facilities, the, the football facility, which uh, reportedly hadn't been touched since 2005. But also, you don't want to be the AD that does the dumb thing of bringing the guy into the office right. and sparking something that wasn't there before. And he said, you know, now that you mentioned, I would like another mill, well, and I would like there. another two mill in the uh, assistant coaching salary pool. Here's one of the things yeah. about Stoops, going back to Stoops. Remember when Stoops went out of it, and then when he was coaching, was he USFL or AAF? He liked that AAF, spring schedule because it allowed him to watch his son or sons play. Well, Drake Stoops... I don't have 2000, uh, 2021 stats on him, but he played the previous three years for Oklahoma as a receiver. So he might have just finished his fourth year at Oklahoma unless he was unhealthy, or he could have a, a remaining year. Either way, Stoops, either he's finished playing or he would be coaching him. I don't know about Isaac Stoops, if he plays or not, but that issue was one of Stoops' issues of not wanting to coach. He didn't want to miss his kids' careers. Well, he wouldn't be missing them now. And, I mean, he would, on top of that, it reminds me of, in a, in a way, Chad, it reminds me of the former Tennessee deal where you're either, they're either slided by the coach that's leaving since former was, you know, told to leave, or their AD is incompetent. And here comes Mr. Vall back in to help and save his program, his program, program guy, Philip Fulmer. Stoops is the same way. We're just seeing it as a coach now and not the AD. That's, that's the vibe you get whenever you watch the press conference and you see him sitting there and he's talking about being a program guy, and they immediately sent him out on the recruiting trail. Well, it, it, the difference here is Fulmer was fired. Stoops left uh, you know, on a high note. He could have stayed at Oklahoma for the rest of his career. As long as he wanted to coach, he's the one who right. decided to retire. So there was no bad blood there where you know he felt slighted. He should have kept his job. He got fired. He wasn't fired by Joe Castiglione, who also, by the way, is one of the more well-respected ADs in America. I don't know why Joe Castiglione would feel the need to go get Bob Stoops to be the interim head coach with the type of gravitas that he has, but he did. They're obviously close friends. So that does lead me to believe that Stoops would be an option if he decides he wants to get back into coaching. I'll also say that Bob Stoops' reasoning for retirement before was, I'm not going to die of a heart attack like my dad did as a high school coach. And I'm not going to sit down. And... So now Stress. this is him coming back and saying, you know, life outside of being a football coach was about to give me a heart attack because I love it so much. So now I've got to get back no. into coaching. Well, if he has that, and hey, God bless him for having that. It's a stressful job. And if you can get out of it, and we've seen guys get out of it. Bill Cower got out of it, found a better life, right? Uh, Jimmy Johnson got out of it, found a better life. Those are pro guys yeah, who found yeah. sitting on a boat or sitting in a studio chair more, more comfortable. And it's not any less stressful now going to, going to the SEC. It's more stressful. So if, if that's truly his thing, then, then he's not getting back in. I'll say this about Bob Stoops, though. He's not going to duck the SEC. That wouldn't be the reason. He's not the type of guy that's going to back down from that challenge. A no, guy I'm who saying, talked trash saying, about the SEC his entire time no doubt. at Oklahoma, and he reveled in getting a chance to get after a team from the SEC. Sure. 
That wouldn't be the reason. But I'm saying if he didn't want to be in the stress of major college football, it's it's not any less stressful now by any means. Hit us up on Twitter, your thoughts, at OutKick360. Coming up, we will get into the college football playoff rankings from last night. No big surprises, but we will take a glimpse of what the 12-team playoff would kind of look like based on the rankings here. I like here. that idea. And it's not all based on... it. Again, the, the structure of it may be more about conference ch- titles and conference championships which are taking place this week, but it gives you an idea of 12 teams right now uh, versus the four that we could see. Well, and a lot of losers of these conference championships are going to be in the 12. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Um, but with some automatic qualifiers, it, it, it may be structured a bit different than what the rankings show. But nonetheless, it's fascinating to look at from the perspective of a, a bracket. And we'll look at it from the perspective of Cincinnati. What could happen even if they win this weekend? That's next on Outkick 360. Crew's all here. Outkick 360 rolls on. College football playoff. We await next week's rankings because that's when it's official. But here's the most recent from last night. Number one remains the Georgia Bulldogs. We will see Georgia and Alabama face off in the SEC title game. It'll be number one versus number three. Michigan moves up to the two spot, and Cincinnati remains at number four. And you can see Oklahoma State moving to five with Notre Dame at six. So Oklahoma State plays in the Big 12 championship game this weekend against Baylor. Baylor ranks ninth in the college football playoff right now. As you see the full top 12, Ohio State falls to seven. Ole Miss is at eight, followed by Baylor, Oregon, Michigan State, and BYU. So, if Oklahoma State wins, what happens to Cincinnati even with a win this coming weekend over Houston? That's fascinating to ponder. If Alabama loses to Georgia, the scenario could be both Cincinnati and Oklahoma State getting to the college football playoff. If Oklahoma State loses to Baylor and Alabama loses to Georgia... Notre Dame could get into the college football playoff without playing. And there's a scenario where we know they don't have their head coach. There's a scenario where we also see Marcus Freeman and Tommy Pease, their offensive and defensive coordinators, go with Brian Kelly to LSU. Reports are LSU wants both of them in Baton Rouge. They're not naming an interim coach. What a scenario that's going to end up being given some some of the scenarios that could play out this weekend well, if Alabama loses and potentially Oklahoma State to Baylor. I mean, if they get in, they're going to have to have an interim coach, particularly if both those guys leave. Well, they're going to need one anyway. Yeah. Um, the thing is, if it's my understanding from everything I've read, you're not supposed to be rewarded for not playing. So how much – I mean, then if they get in, it's about punishing the teams for losing in front of them. But still, right. that's only half the equation, Right. Notre Dame going to rise that much from failures in front of them without doing anything themselves well, this no, weekend? Notre Dame, is. this is the weekend they get punished for not being in a conference yeah. and not having an extra game to win in a conference championship. Going um, up two slots seems like a Here's lot. where they also get punished. Notre Dame does not, not have in a... Not a scenario where Alabama and, and Oklahoma State lose. Both lose, yeah. So Notre Dame doesn't have a single top 25 win, Okay. Not one top 25 win now that Wisconsin, one of their wins, fell out of the top 25. They have six wins over bowl teams. Let me compare that to some of the other teams that's competing in the playoff or has a chance to compete in the playoffs. 
Alabama has two top 25 wins against Ole Miss and Arkansas and eight wins over bowl teams. Michigan has one top 25 win against number seven, Ohio State. Six wins over bowl teams. Bowl teams, you're saying bowl eligible. Bowl teams, yep. Teams that are going to a bowl. At least six wins, at least 500. Cincinnati has one top 25 win, oh, by the way, at number six, Ohio State, and they have six wins over bowl teams. Oklahoma State has two top 25 wins, just like Alabama. You meant at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, yeah. Sorry, what did I say? You said Ohio State. Oh, sorry, at Notre Dame. Oklahoma State has two top 25 wins against number nine, Baylor. They could double that up this weekend. And number 14, Oklahoma, and seven wins over bowl teams. If you look at what teams have done, the one that should move up is Oklahoma State. Yeah, Notre Dame. Based on resume and who they've beaten. And if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, they have positioned this where Oklahoma State, I believe now, will jump Cincinnati into the playoff with a Big 12 championship, moving them from seven to five. And there's an argument to be made for, and I love Cincinnati, I hope they're in. There's an argument to be made for that resume of Oklahoma State and their defense. Now, here is what I will not stand for. And this was what pisses me off every time we get in this discussion. You've got the head of the college football playoff committee saying that Brian Kelly taking the LSU job factors into their evaluation of Notre Dame because you have to factor in what the team looks like now. If a coach leaves or a player is injured, that can hurt that team. That is BS. Yep. I have never understood that. I will die on this hill. They do this with the college basketball selection committee too. I remember Cincinnati came here one time. Kenyon with, Martin uh, went Kenyon out. Martin hurt. And I remember they they penalized them in their seed because if Kenyon Martin got hurt, I'm thinking you can't penalize a team because someone gets injured. You have to look at what they've done. What they did. Not Show what me what they've do. done in games. I don't care who's there or who's not there. I don't care if half their team is suspended and they're going to go to the college football playoff and get massacred. I don't care. It's about what they've done. Show me their resume. It should not affect Notre Dame and the players in that team because Brian Kelly decided to leave them and bolt and call a 7 a.m. meeting for a two-minute conversation to leave for LSU. And now you're going to sit there with a straight face and tell me, well, we have to factor in that Notre Dame is currently without a head coach. <clears throat> when evaluating their resume. No, that's crap. You should not factor that in. That's not the player's fault. If this goes chalk, though, shouldn't this take care of itself? Alabama falls out. Cincinnati and Oklahoma State both move up. Maybe Oklahoma State goes ahead of Cincinnati based on beating a better better win. But then the top four would be Georgia, Michigan, and, and Oklahoma State and Cincinnati in some order. Alabama falls out, and there's your four. I think it's a pretty it's easy... Chalk. Yes. I, I think if Alabama loses like they're supposed to lose, I think it's a pretty easy four at that point. I think you're, you're, you're basically looking at it right now with the numbers. It's going to be Georgia one, the other two Michigan up. after beating Iowa in the Big Ten Championship two. And then you don't know what order, Cincinnati and Yeah, you just State. pick. You know, One of them is going to have to get housed by Georgia at some point, right? Yeah. So it's going to be Cincinnati or Oklahoma State at number four, playing Georgia. Someone was arguing with me yesterday, too, saying, you guys for weeks have talked about the need for new blood uh, in the uh, college football playoff, and now, uh, I think you said that Alabama could save the college football playoff by winning and getting the old blood back in there. Um, Both things are correct. (laughs) 
The, I, I want someone else outside of Bama in the playoff to have new blood. I just wish Georgia wasn't so much better than everybody else. So who's got and, the best chance? By the way, Michigan? I'm including Alabama in that. I think Georgia's a lot better than Alabama from what we've seen this year. I don't know that anyone is going to compete with Georgia. But the I'm, best we're chance? bemoaning the fact more of the fact that Georgia's going to roll through whoever they play right now from what we've seen this season. Michigan got the best chance to give them a, 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 the most competitive game? Georgia? Maybe Oklahoma State no, because they're no. different? I mean, yeah, Oklahoma you, State just gave up, what, 33 to Oklahoma? It's like their defense doesn't it can't give up points to good offenses. You know, the, to attack Georgia, I think you attack their secondary. That's not Michigan. Maybe Oklahoma State. It's not Oklahoma State. No. No. No, th- th- I think the work again. Like I'm looking for honestly, it's, a, it's I'm Alabama. I'm looking for decent games in a semifinal. That's all I'm asking. I'm not yeah, uh, new not blood, old blood. I just want good games. And I realize even the old blood, the the good games in the college football semifinals have been hard to find. A lot of these are blowouts. Even when Oregon's in, they're you know they're getting blown out in the college football semis. Um, maybe that's not the case this year. Maybe Cincinnati uh, and Oklahoma State get in, and their defenses prove a point against Georgia, against their defense, and it's a low-scoring battle, and you have a, a, a closer matchup instead of it being 42 to you know 20 at the end of the game. But, I mean, I, I think that the worst possible semifinal is if Alabama loses this weekend, and then if something happens with Oklahoma State and Baylor wins and Notre Dame gets in oh. and they were just told by their head coach that he doesn't – he stood up and said he thinks they're one of the four best teams. And then five minutes after he leaves the room, uh, yesterday at 7 a.m., or was it Monday? Yesterday at 7 a.m., he leaves the room after the team meeting, and LSU tweets out a video using clips saying, I am here because I want to win a national title. <laughs> so you, you tell me what the morale would be like in the locker room after Brian Kelly stands up there and says, hey, guys, I believe you're one of the four teams, but... Peace out. Though, if it was somehow Notre Dame, Cincinnati, that could be a decent game. I I also don't know how, if you were a Notre Dame fan, you don't hate Brian Kelly right now. Oh, you do. I, I mean, a pure hatred. Well, so I've Brian talked Kelly, to Notre Dame fans that still love Brian Kelly. Brian and Kelly, I, I don't understand it. Yeah, maybe later you come around to liking him, like when a player leaves your team. Well, I mean, but now I, I'm trying to see both sides of it. He he saw what Mel Michigan State asked to meet with leadership at Notre Dame. And never got that meeting. How do they say and no? This was 12, I mean, you have to meet. Twelve even. days prior to him taking the LSU job, he was asked about rumors. I think he was connected with USC, and he goes, "His answer was, what did Mike Tomlin say? Barry Godmother money, you know, two hundred fifty million dollar type money. It even, I mean, it didn't take half that to get him to LSU." How do you so, not meet with him? I mean, you have to meet with him to say no. That's but no, you can't not. Look, that's meet what with the, the athletics that is, point uh, was. That is Notre Dame arrogance, right there, is what that is. No, I will not meet with my head coach uh, after someone. Well, you got meet paid with your head coach for anything. Well, well he, uh, he, twelve days earlier, he had also said he wanted to retire as the head coach at Notre Dame. Yeah. he just got a contract extension in twenty twenty. Jack Swarbrick said uh, didn't didn't surprise us at all. He was looking to leave. So I mean, they they knew. Like Hudson said, talk of retirement, not happy with the contract right. he just signed. I understand an AD being a little bit fed up with that and, and maybe wanting to move on also if he can get a get a job somewhere else. I, I just don't want to – Brent on the YouTube chat is saying, I think you should absolutely look at a team minus a coach. The best four teams should play. A team minus a head coach may no longer be one of the best. That's not up to us to decide. 
Last I checked, I was hoping that we still lived in a meritocracy when it comes to sports. It's not about what I think is going to be the best game. It's about who are the best four teams after 12 or 13 games. That's what you're going to get Well, over the course of a season. 12 and maybe a 13th of the conference I, championship game. I think, Give me the, the four best resumes based on what they've done this year. It's not a beauty contest. It's not you telling me, I think this offensive coordinator that has been out this week is going to hurt this other team. This game may not be as good. It's about getting the best four teams as to what they've played this year, not about us sitting here and nitpicking, well, Notre Dame doesn't have a chance now because they don't have a head coach. I think, too, they should schedule a notch tougher knowing they don't have a championship game, sitting in a posi- potentially sitting in a position like this. Get yourself one better win along the way. Let me also say this about well, Notre Dame. it's not Dame. their problem that Stanford and USC suck. They play them every year. Let yeah. me say this also about Notre Dame. Their head coach, the big knock on him was he sucked in big games. Maybe they're better in a playoff. Without Brian Kelly. Maybe. We've certainly seen them as part of blowouts, too. If everyone that wants to run their mouth in the media and talk about Brian Kelly and he's bad in big games, but he's got a good record and all of this, and then come back and say, well, you got to look at the fact that their head coach isn't there for a playoff berth. If he sucks in big games, they're going to be better in the playoff. Wouldn't it be better, though? I'm with you on that. But knowing that they're saying that could be a factor, shouldn't they put somebody in the head coaching chair right now? Well, it depends. So that they're not looking at a they, team that doesn't have anybody? Based on the movement there or lack thereof, they may be prepared to put Marcus Freeman in that chair permanently. And that's what they're waiting on doing. They're meeting well, should, today. They should do it before this final meeting, which is when? Next Tuesday? Yeah, but still, the argument from, is it Barda? Barda. Gary Barda last night was they lost their head coach. We're going to factor that in. So, why so they, even if they name Marcus dumb. Freeman the permanent head coach tomorrow, yeah. So they're still going to say they lost their head coach. Well, it's but better he, than empty. Chair. But he knew that last night, and the committee put them at six. Yeah, well, so, they would have been at six either way, it, look, it looks like, right? No, but my point is, if you're factoring in who has a coach and who doesn't, Didn't hurt why are you putting them ahead of Ohio State? Yeah, they've got a head coach. Why are you putting them ahead of – like, it, that makes no sense to me. Like, you're going to factor it in next week, well, but not the, this week. The argument was about when asked about uh, Oklahoma State jumping them and Notre Dame moving back to looking like they're further out of the playoff, he said one of the factors was them losing their, their head coach. Well, and also Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma. Just had a good yeah. win. I mean, th- just say that. I mean, that, that's an easy answer. Also, again, I, he, no, there's a Notre, lot of things he could have said other than that. I'm telling you what he said, Notre Dame, which is wrong. Notre Dame is also the wrong team to use in that argument for losing the coach because Notre Dame brings eyeballs to the platform and ultimately, they serve their master, which is ESPN and ABC for the college football playoff. They're wanting to drive eyeballs to the playoff, especially on New Year's Eve, because they want to charge a boatload more when they go to playoff expansion, which is already going to be a billions-dollar type contract. Notre Dame brings that. Think of how much they hate that Cincinnati win over Notre Dame, talking about what you're talking about. They sit down every week and they say, oh my God, we could have had Notre Dame for sure if they won't beat Cincinnati head-to-head. Well, they still can, but, yeah, but based, on what, based, based on what Bart is saying publicly, they're downgrading the fact, and they shouldn't, that their coach bolted. Yeah, so they got two things weighing against them for Notre Dame, who they'd love in there based on the TV stuff you're saying. They lost right. head-to-head against right. damn Cincinnati, and they don't have a head coach. Yeah, you know, you if, next you level? Think, if you think it's not about TV ratings, wait until they flip-flop some teams in the top four so they get, get the, the right semifinal matchups. matchups they want. Yeah. Well, you want to go next-level conspiracy Which I don't theory? mind that. You want to go next level conspiracy on Notre Dame being left out 
and them factoring in that, where was that Cincinnati win over Notre Dame scene on a network? NBC. They're the one Notre school Dame. that does not have the ESPN affiliation. They will in a playoff game no, because but that, ESPN owns the rights to that's that. More, that's more of a reason to put them on your platform because you get them. Right, you didn't have If them. you're jealous of it, you, you have, have the right to put them on now. Even more. You get that bump. By the way, speaking of ratings, the Michigan-Ohio State game, over 15 million viewers, the most watched game ever on Fox. Wow. That goes to your early window. Those, those, already, game. those have been huge ratings all year. They have been, it's been the most watched window, early window and network snow, all year. Close game. Well, uh, uh, it wasn't close for too long, but I mean, uh, the underdog winning, it was... I mean, it that was, game's always a monster number, but yeah. anytime you have two teams playing for a playoff berth... By the way, with Michigan, Ohio State, it's going to have a huge number. That's, that's an enormous number. While we wrap up what, with the graphic here, uh, the college football playoff rankings, uh, I mentioned the top 12. Here's just kind of a glimpse of the top 12 teams in the country. There may, there may be some other teams beyond the 12 that would be an automatic qualifier based on rules of how they would set this up. But there's an idea of some teams that would be included in a 12-team playoff. And look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss would be in... And they would be paired up against Oklahoma Baylor, State? right? Or no, not Baylor. They'd be playing up against like Oklahoma State. Oklahoma yeah, State. it depends on how you did the it's buys, right? In it, you Are know, you doing would like you the go top two teams buy? I mean, I, I've seen one that top four teams would get a buy. Then you would go five, twelve, six, eleven, seven, ten, eight, nine. In that scenario, you'd have five, Ole 12. Miss Baylor in the eight right, nine right, game, right? And you'd have uh, Oklahoma State. BYU. I mean, those are all really good games. Yes. Like, if you went down, BYU, Oklahoma State, good matchup. Yep. Notre Dame, Michigan State, great game. Great matchup. Ohio State, Oregon, rematch oh. of Oregon going to Columbus and beating Ohio State. It's a no-brainer to add teams to the playoffs from just a pure enjoyment standpoint for a football fan. Now, have we heard anything about the leanings about the sites for these games? Because there is a big issue here. A lot of these people travel like crazy. But are they going to travel to three games? I they think can't that afford first to round, travel to That first games. round needs to be on a home campus. Yeah, which would be great. Yes. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. No, because the Music City Bowl, for instance, will be bidding on those <laughs> opening round games. That's true. Nashville will be bidding for so those. So attendance yeah, I mean, is going to be really weird. Because like, as Nashville, Tennessee is a great football town, it would probably go to one of these games with, with two random teams, though it's hard to tell. But even Ohio State fans, like say they didn't get a bye – are they going to three games? You're breaking the bank to travel to three games in a row. That's a lot. You have to pick, and you're probably saving it if you're expecting them to go on a run for the semifinal or the final for sure. So you're not going to the first-round game. And if the first-round game's not in a great place like Nashville, pick another city that might get it, a more middling city. Atlanta. I mean, like the Peach Bowl would be in, in contention yeah. for or one of those Jacksonville? games. Jacksonville. Tampa. You know, I don't know how much it's going to be a very weird dynamic. That that's a key. What's going to happen, finances. Paul, is money will once again yeah, get in the way everything. of what's best for the sport. Right, and on money TV, helps in a lot of ways. Great. I'm not someone who's anti-money. I'm not anti-capitalism. Money has helped the sport in a lot of ways. It's made it more enjoyable for everyone in a lot of ways. There are other ways where it not just corrupts the sport, but doesn't. Lead you to an area that's not common sense. It's going to be. And a, to me, common sense is if you had an event home. on a campus. With a home field event. With people watching on television and it packed. Make them give away more seats. Yes. Make them give away more seats. To Imagine the that scene in Stillwater on Saturday night against Oklahoma and how cool that stadium looked with the orange and black. Mm -hmm. And then have them host a playoff game against BYU. 
coming in. I mean, those settings for playoff games, even a 5-12 game, would be so cool to watch but on But do you television. think some of these first-round games and could so be... so cool for those towns. Could be glorious TV and not full stadiums? Oh, I think the um, games are fine. Ask the college basketball tournament that question. The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah they, they have right. compelling games. I don't think the crowd... The crowd, the crowd college matters. College football, though, is a different deal in college basketball. It's also just one more thing where the people that want to talk about academics and student athletes and everything else. Well, it's just another notch in the you got one team with a chance to stay home. Well, for the <laughs> sake, of, move for the sake of the else. discussion, Alabama fans laugh at this argument because they've been going to three straight games for what feels like 10 straight years. SEC championship and then two playoff games. Yeah. And they all those stadiums are packed. But all these other people are all those are stadiums not are used packed. to spending that kind of jack well, annually. Now they can. Well, <laughs> now they but can. But you know what I'm saying? It, it's it's a, a a new habit to create. I also think it's a lot of front runner Alabama fans all over the country that go to these games, and they're not going. Not many of them are going to all three. There's a lot that they make business decisions. I'm going to go to Atlanta every year. Or I'm going to go here. We see it with Kentucky basketball fans coming to Nashville. Either I'm going to come to Nashville for the SEC tournament, or I'm going to save up and go to the NCAA tournament. Or they're so good, I'm going to save them and go to the Final Four and just wait to see if they make it there. Primary complaint next on Outkick 360. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Wednesday edition rolls on. Former Panthers running back Jonathan Stewart on today's show. That will be at 320 Central, 420 Eastern. Sixth and Peabody's where we're located with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Follow us on Twitter at Outkick360, where every Wednesday at this time, you can join us in primary complaint. Guys, I kick it off today. And Schefter's taken a lot of heat over the recent uh, weeks with his uh, reporting, right? Reporting. Um, but here's another example of how he plays into the problem. We bemoan the coaching carousel this time of year. At least I do because of the stupid money that's thrown around. For coaches that get extensions, it's raise season as much as it is uh, about guys jumping to new jobs. And more power to them. They have zero non-compete and they can hop, skip, and jump around and get paid if the co- if the current college or pro team isn't willing to pay them. But it's raise season because we as a collective media – Allow it to be. And here's an example. Schefter's tweet about Cliff Kingsbury uh, being considered for the Oklahoma job, and we'll show it on screen, I believe. It's a prime example. Schefter received information. It's not hard to figure out from where. From people representing Cliff Kingsbury, and the devil is in the details of the final sentence. Oklahoma has targeted Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as one of the potential replacements for Lincoln Riley. League sources tell ESPN. Kingsbury has one year remaining on his contract after this season. So I I wonder who would want that out there, that Oklahoma is showing interest in the former college coach who's having a great season all of a sudden, who no college was interested in last season, but all of a sudden Oklahoma is picking up the phone on the day that's announced that they have a vacancy because Cliff Kingsbury uh, is interested uh, in taking that phone call, and then he's asked questions about it publicly. And guess what? Cliff Kingsbury is going to get a raise. He's going to get a raise anyway, but now Schefter can point to his tweet and say, hey, guys, I helped your client get a raise. It's now time for you to give me further info this offseason when your clients are visiting teams in free agency. That's my primary complaint. 
So my primary complaint, when you have a handicapped parking spot or a spot for expectant mothers at a grocery store, you should also put the stall for the carts next to those spots. Because I've seen one too many women that are eight months pregnant trotting a cart halfway down the parking lot right next to their expectant mother spot, but there's not a stall there, so they have to take the cart further away at that point. Or I've seen someone dragging their leg after a knee replacement all the way to a cart stall halfway down. Common sense dictates that if we're going to have spots for handicapped people and for expectant mothers, and there's designated spots for that, then you also need to do the common sense thing, which is to put a cart stall for them to put the cart right next to those spots and not keep them halfway down the parking lot. This is my primary complaint. So when I head towards my favorite town in East Tennessee, I'm a lot like my uncle Jerry. I'm eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking, and I should not be encumbered by incompetent drivers on the way, but lo and behold, every time I head to Knoxville, this time though, I thought it was a celebrity encounter as I'm approaching this SUV with Michigan tags very rapidly. I thought, this has got to be Jared Goff because this person is apparently not aware that the sun rises in the east. And if you're driving (laughs) eastbound in the mornings, at some point, that flaming spear is going to be in your eyes. Now, there are a couple of ways you can combat it. I, I use sunglasses, maybe the visor in your car, maybe both. But the way you do not handle this is by slowing down to 45 miles per hour in the left lane with one eye closed and your hand in the air trying to block the sun. It wasn't Jared Goff, by the way, but that is my primary complaint. I'm pretty loyal. If I like you, I like you. If I don't like you, I don't like you. I rarely switch sides here. Except for Kate McKinnon. My primary complaint's Kate McKinnon. Funny on Saturday Night Live. I like her a lot. She hasn't picked her endorsements carefully or wisely <laughs> this verizon commercials they just drive me insane she's up in your face she's like oprah you get a phone you get a phone you get a phone commercials on every two minutes and she's all up in you <laughs> i don't like it she's annoying the hell out of me used to like her don't like her anymore so when i see funny people do non-funny things on commercials i immediately think they're either just really really nice and took the check and their agent set it up for them, and they were going to be polite and not step in and help direct the, the commercial or rewrite it to make it funnier, or, or they're just not as funny as we thought, and they're okay with doing things that aren't funny. I'm saying be here like she thinks this is funny, but it's not funny. I, I hope that's not the case. I hope not, Because too, I, but feel I feel like, like a good co- comedy person could just step and say, I think it's funnier if we do this, or I think it's a little funnier if I say it this way. I don't know or what we do you this do with to make person. that funny. Yeah, it's not. I know what you're talking about, Paul. Uh, it's not good. And Reed, by the way, the whole time I'm picturing your guy blocking the sun from his eyes. Yeah. The end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Marion and in, in Indiana oh, yeah. are looking away from the opening of the uh, the Ark. He of was the acting, covenant. he was acting like his face was about to melt yeah. off. And to Paul's point, I don't know. I didn't know who that was on the Verizon commercials because I don't watch Saturday Night Live because it hasn't been funny in the past thirty years. But that is the most annoying commercial in the past five years. I hate her. <laughs> I don't know both. her, but I hate I, her. I don't watch that much Reed. anymore, but when I've seen her on there, I like her. And Hutton, to your point, Schefter's really getting exposed on this. I mean, that yeah. tweet gets killed. Everybody's tweeting, hey, Adam, tweet this for me. Yeah, and, and stuff like that. He's got to be more discerning because he's starting to but, lose but a lot of credibility. On but collectively, as a media, we have to 
we have to ask Kingsbury that question because Schefter is regarded as the most accurate out there in, in, in terms of news. We just all know where, exactly where it came but from. But we've all said, be discerning readers of media, and we're getting better at it. At least he put league sources instead of sources because Oklahoma would not be a instead league of, source. Instead of Kingsbury. Right. Or agent. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or agent. Coming up, 360 headlines, Outkick 360 rolls on from Music City.